0: To another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the coupon queen, Pen. Guys, have you always been trying to figure out that balance between parenting and what your kids should be doing and what's going on, especially since we were thrown into who's no know, who knows what last year when we couldn't get into the out? Well, my next two guests Yes, I said to Chris and Holly, tell us what they did and how we can get around that and how we can maintain balance. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Chris and Holly. So guys, like I was saying, I have Chris and Holly, even though the Latina in me wants to say Santillo, they told me their last name is Santillo. (laughs) Well, I am a stickler for pronouncing names right.
1: And as I think I mentioned, she, my wife told me on our first date that I was pronouncing it incorrectly, which is a great way to start a relationship to tell you you're wrong about what your name is, but it's, it's Italian, believe it or not.
2: And as I told you, Shana, you sound
0: way better saying it than (laughs) anything So would you guys please introduce yourselves to my listeners?
2: Sure. I'm Holly Santillo. Hello, everyone. So happy to be here. And um, this is my husband, Chris.
1: Hi, I'm Chris. I'm Holly's <laughs> husband. Oh, was Ooh. I
0: supposed to say more? Do you okay. want to know
1: about us? What, do you, what would you like to know about us? We can say all sorts of things if you want. Well,
0: okay. I know you guys are parents. And it seems like everything went inside out when we went into the pandemic, and people just didn't know what to do. So how did you guys cope? Because I know you guys do a multitude of things, including getting kids active with martial arts. So how did you keep the kids just going?
1: Well, so we cheated. um, Inadvertently, we didn't mean to cheat. We were very advantageously positioned when the pandemic, we got lucky. How about that? We got lucky. Um, We are on a sabbatical right now. And so we were actually in Cambodia with our three children when the pandemic hit. And it affected us. We couldn't continue on to Thailand as we had intended. And there were a lot of things that we were supposed
2: to be doing a Thai boxing camp that next week.
1: That's true. And um, there were a lot of things that got weird and strange and whatnot. But we didn't have the same challenges that a lot of your uh, listeners probably had. We were already homeschooling our kids because we were traveling full time. Uh, so that was, um, you know, a shift in how we went about it, but not obviously as big of a shift as for someone who went from being in, in school to, to, uh, to remote school or, or homeschooling or zoom schooling or whatever, uh, uh, so that was a little bit easier. We still had to deal with the whole, like we're trapped in a foreign country. We don't know if it's safe here. We don't know if they have healthcare. We don't know if we'll ever be able to get home. So there was a little bit of that hanging over us. But I think our challenges were, were different, but in, but of course, in some ways they're all the same. You know, we needed to work with our children. We were around our kids 24 seven. We had to make sure that they were educating and growing. We were also trying to manage the stress level, which I think a lot of people can relate to.
2: Figure out how honest to be without being scared, all of us together. Um, But also not trying to hide it because that would have resulted in psychological breakdowns probably (laughs) and at the risk
1: of you know jumping 10 steps ahead it's one of the teaching points in our book is that part of a parent's responsibility is trying to curate childhood for their children to modulate between overwhelming and underwhelming their children underwhelming is probably not what it um (laughs) <laughs> life being too easy there are some children who are at risk of having too easy of a life there they're right right them and those parents need to make sure that they create challenges for that child and right. other people and other times for instance many of us here. amidst a pandemic need to find ways of making sure that our children are not overwhelmed by the the, the stresses in the world and 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 around them and so This was a time in in our family, and I think in most families, for trying to bring down the stress level and uh, trying to find ways to divert. um.
2: So you asked, this is fun. I'm going to walk down memory lane with you, Shauna. How did we cope? Well, my reaction was to write down uh, my purpose. I made a big page that said, mama's purpose, and brainstormed everything that I felt like gave me. You know, reason to live.
1: <laughs> I thought this was wonderful because she decided one of them was cooking for her loved ones, and so I got, I got three wonderfully homemade meals every day after this. It was great.
2: And I had the kids do the same. I, was, you know, like what? What do we want? This is kind of cool. Like, we're, all of a sudden, we're going to hold still for a while rather than go uh, go really fast around the world. It seems like. Um, so what are we going to do to t- We've been been too busy to take advantage of free time. We've got it all now. What are we going to do? And it's funny that that backfired big time because they, we made schedules for ourselves and we made expectations for ourselves that were far too high. I had a seven-year-old like all stressing out because he didn't didn't (laughs) do enough
1: lessons on one day. I was just like, whoa, no, we're supposed to be bringing the stress level down, lady.
2: So it's good. We recognized. Right, right. Um, and, And Chris's method was
0: being the the filter of all the bad news. Yeah, I read, I
1: read news four hours a day, like I think a lot of people
0: did. That oh was... my gosh. At one point, I think I turned off the news. I I, yeah. I I think there are a couple of episodes where my listeners can attest. I was just like, I'm not listening to the news anymore.
1: Yeah, I think many of us got there. Yeah, yeah. The early on, I was all the time and it was just too much. It's too much.
0: So, okay. I I, I have to say this and My listeners are going to love this moment of transparency. For those that don't know, I am also a homeschooling mom. So what made you guys decide to homeschool? Yeah. um,
1: Laziness. uh, The bus stop was too (laughs) far away. The bus stop was too (laughs) far away.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I just, I I was enjoying being with my kids. I was enjoying, I had a, you know, I had a guy that was going to go into kindergarten and his younger brother was just a year and a half younger, They were good friends. And the one, two years younger than that was, was all up in their business (laughs) wanting to be just like them. I kind of like my little wolf pack the way it was. Um, And I thought, well, seems like we have a good thing going here. Why don't we just try not going to kindergarten? He can start in first grade. And I felt like he had enough, Reading and capacity I thought I think one of the
1: interesting most interesting comments I get from non homeschoolers is wow You've you decided to homeschool your kids for 18 years. That's a really big commitment I said no 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 no! I decided to homeschool them for this year and then we're gonna talk about it again But to be fair we've been doing that for six seven seven years and it's been working pretty well
2: It felt very natural for us Shonda we we were teachers in the martial arts and we just as as parents felt like teachers in a, a new way And so it didn't seem like a big stretch to go from teaching how to walk and how to hold a spoon to teaching how to read and teaching how to do some sums. I mean, I just was enjoying. Yeah,
0: it's it's like once you get the hang of it, because I'll tell you guys, I did it for grades from grades one through 12. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Applause, applause, applause. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it is very rewarding. And for those out there that are like, Oh my gosh, if you homeschool, your child can't go to college. Yes, they can. <laughs> it's it's not that hard. <laughs> so yes. But, That's the other
2: uh, thing I did, Shonda, to cope with the, uh, well, I was just hearing everyone else struggling with this sudden homeschool role that had been thrust upon them a year ago. And, and so I wrote and wrote on our blog. like, don't, Don't crumble. You've got this. You know, let me
1: it's good. It's fun. You can do this.
2: You've got it. It's not, it's wonderful. It really is. Getting a chance to spend time with your family in in a new way. And don't think you have to fit yourself into a certain mode or bucket or
0: right. And I, I think that's the difference with homeschooling is you don't have to have that. This is the classroom, I'm the teacher, you're the student. This is how we're going to learn, you know, A, B, C, D. You get to do it differently.
2: That's right. I, I was so tickled, if I can just throw this in. I was so tickled this morning. They took their first standardized test and, you know, they're answering questions about, oh, like on a chart, all, all the different uh, heights of peaks of volcanoes. And I'm chuckling like, oh, my gosh, we've, <laughs> we've been to one of those volcanoes. You know, that's kind of cool. Or just we've had conversations about these things. Naturally, it was who. Who doesn't get um, voted for by the people? Well, the Supreme Court justices don't. That came up in our conversation just this morning, naturally, you know, if you-
1: and I, I-
2: (laughs) I don't know. I I kept having (laughs) flashbacks to the times that we were learning these things naturally. They just occur, they come up in- And and
0: I think that's what most people don't get is you are your parent, your child's first teacher. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a lesson learned. It gets to be a conversation. Like That's right. I remember one time I was walking down the street with my son, and I told him, I said, "Well, we were doing word problems, you know." Yep. And I said to him, I said, "Well, if you have four friends, you and three of your friends, and you only have two cookies." how much does everyone get Uh I see where this is going he looks at me with this like the worst like he was so angry and I was like what's the matter and he's like why couldn't you just get four cookies why does everyone have to have half a cookie (laughs) okay (laughs) you're getting it you know so and it's but obviously that like you know you know they're getting it so yeah
1: for sure. I think the the pandemic uh, presented homeschooling in a very stilted light for people. And it,
0: I did. It, did. it did. It did. It did. still, I, cool. I think for me, and, and I have to say this for me, in my opinion, it made it where you still had this one classroom setting where you had teachers trying to figure out how to maneuver what they did in a physical classroom in a virtual classroom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and parents were, you know, if, no one likes their plan B as much as their plan A. You know, the same parent who might have said, you know what, next year, let's be prepared and do some research and make some plans and homeschool and might have really enjoyed that experience when it was thrust on them with no warning with a bunch of stipulations sent by the county or or, or the school district, or whatever, I think made what could have been a great experience a negative experience, and, I, and I'm I'm sad about that. I think there are a lot of people who, right, not, right, not big homeschool fans right now when they when mm-hmm. they they might have been, and uh, you know, it'll obviously it, it must have had some positive effect on the homeschooling community.
0: I think, right. Uh, so okay, everyone knows I've talked about it before. I'm into MMA. I love boxing. I love martial arts. I'm a TKD mom as well. What made you guys get into martial arts? Because you guys promote martial arts for children.
2: Yep. It was Chris's fault. Well, so you have to you have to go to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I wish you're up. You're, you're wow. in the hot seat. Let's talk about it.
1: I joined martial arts uh, as a teenager, like many people did. That was 20 something. So it was a little while ago. And um, Was it
2: largely because your parents wouldn't let you as a that's kid? That's not
1: fair. No, I, I think I wanted to, and I got some throwback when I was younger for my kids for reasons that are, you know, kind of sad, right? You know, that uh, they, the in the 80s, we all saw martial arts movies, and they portrayed the martial arts in, in very uh, violent, negative ways. And I think that was kind of the image that my mother had without other data points. One of my, like, side quests has been to share with people that martial arts is a really powerful, productive thing. Uh, we were sitting at a tournament once we do interest schools tour- we have five schools and we do interschool tournaments and i was sitting with the at the judges dinner afterwards and you know we don't do assigned seating or anything and one of our volunteers girlfriend was sitting next to me now wife um and she got sat next to me by random chance and she looked really nervous and um and I said, Are you okay? Like, you know, it's you know, it's been a weird day or whatever. You know, it's a long day. Everyone's tired. And she's like, oh, it's just a very uncomfortable environment for me. I'm like, why is that? She said, because I'm a pacifist. And I said, Oh, thank goodness. I'm a pacifist too. And I don't think she <laughs> took her a little while I to I know just
0: most people think. Yeah, most people think that it's just violence and the first thing you go in is like kick butt and fight <laughs> and want to fight people and challenge people. Okay, I have to say this for everyone listening: The Karate Kid is just a movie. Cobra Kai <laughs> is just on Netflix. This is not how any of this works, people. Seriously. That's, I just wanted the to night, work out
1: the nineteen <laughs> the nineteen eighty four Karate Kid, the original, the true uh, Karate Kid movie from way back when had some wonderful lessons in it. Mr. Miyagi, you know, he said, "Are you a black belt?" And Mr. Miyagi points down his spell. He says, "Canvas belt." jc penny 99 cents you know like <laughs> I mean, it doesn't you know karate is you know it's in your heart and it's in your mind it's it's not in your belt and you know so there are some gems uh there are also like people dressed up like skeletons right
0: right nice because, so, you know, yeah I rem- yeah because i remember even my, my my son's teacher the first thing he sa- tells him he says you know what this belt is good for holding up your pants that's like right every yeah. other belt and, mm-hmm. and everybody's like what He says, doesn't matter the color of the belt He says, what are you learning?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that's a good word. That's
2: that's a key word. That's why it's kept me in the martial arts. So I I started for exercise. I just thought, all right, I'll try this. Chris keeps, Chris keeps pestering me. I finally gave into that. We were just, you know, dating at the time. Anywho, um, what what kept me in it was the learning. It's, It's a constant opportunity to on a very small scale practice being challenged and Overcoming those challenges, overcoming fears that you won't be able to do something, fears that you're going to get hurt, um, all all sorts of things, and and then constantly stretching my brain, uh, running up against walls, and then. And that's of
1: course what led us to write resilience parenting was seeing after you know decades of teaching martial arts to adults and kids and you know and everybody in between uh but seeing how children who develop in a martial arts environment develop so much resilience of course being the the buzzword but learning and integrity and service and all of the character that goes along uh, you know grows out of those things and wondering how can we spread this to a wider audience, even larger than, than our martial arts community? How can we offer this to parents who whose kids don't study martial arts for whatever reason and uh, and try to translate uh, for them? And that, that was the genesis of our book.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you guys mean by resilience learning? I mean, we know what resilience means, but what do you mean by resilience learning?
2: Absolutely. So we break resilience down because I feel like I had a sense of resilience when I went into trying to write this book with Chris, but but I kind of needed to open the dictionary. So (laughs) it's, it's being strong, you know, some, sometimes being resilient just means like, gritting your teeth, but it also means being adaptable when you are not able to push through. And then if you fail, you need to be able to pick yourself up again. You know, you picture bamboo, it's, it's a very strong material, but it also bends. And if it breaks, then it can,
1: can can it grow again? I
2: guess that's grow new spreads. I don't know. (laughs) All right, ah, the, the the bamboo
1: analogy breaks down at some point, but it's uh, but it's good for the. It's
2: beautiful show. in my mind. It has like snow yeah, on girl.
0: it. And... Why does it have to have snow? I on don't it? know. And it's the just...
1: bamboo's cold. So resilience is those three things: being strong, adaptable, and ability.
0: Holly, are you picturing and... crouching tiger here?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: Crouching I love tiger, that. Hidden
0: dragon, oh, yeah, so it, beautiful. So beautiful. So
2: the learning. <laughs> I mean, if we just poke at learning and how it it helps being resilient, well all the things that you have learned up until this point are gonna help you in the staying strong, right? Knowledge is power. That's Sir Francis Bacon said that. Knowledge is power and you have it and you can you can charge through. But if, if you can't, if you don't have the knowledge that you need in order to get a certain task done or overcome a challenge, well then the ability to learn is far more important than the knowledge that you already have that is your adaptability so, so
1: while we talk about the pillar of learning it's so important not just as holly said to you know talk about how much you've learned so far but really having a love appreciation and capacity for learning and so instilling in our children whether they're our martial arts children are our, our own children our martial arts students or our own children not just the the teaching them things, but giving them the capacity to learn and learn effectively and giving them the curiosity and the humility necessary to keep going out into the world and learning as many things as possible. That's going to give them the tools that they need to uh, to be resilient in the future.
2: Yeah. And if you ever you have a complete breakdown, failure, I don't know about you, but picking up a book, learning something new helps get my mind off of feeling devastated and into a feeling of, of lift, uplifting. It literally pulls you up to- Wow, that's you know, awesome. It.
0: Well, because
1: she puts you back in a state of of realizing the the potential that you have, the capabilities that you have rather wallowing in what didn't go right.
0: Yeah. True, true. So who can benefit from this book? Is it just parents with little children, Everyone who can benefit from this book.
2: Well, Chris likes to joke that he wanted to write it for you know like a like a self improvement book. And yeah, you and have, the last page. A lot of people do like those, but they do. people yeah, like
1: that. Yeah, no one likes being told that they're not perfect. They like being told what's wrong with their kids and how to fix their kids. We we don't want to be told how to fix us. No, it's really for everybody. And then obviously, you know, the earlier a person reads it in their childhood, the more in their in their child's childhood, the sooner they can start applying and steering and being really deliberate and intentional with their raising and and get real about the objectives that we have because we have 18 years. Um, you know, is is phase one. Obviously, parenting, you, you, your uh, your son is older than that. Parenting continues after that, but but phase one parenting is 18 years long, and we need to prepare our kids to go into the world productively and powerfully in those 18 years. And if we don't do that, then we well bad things happen.
2: things happen. I feel like Shauna, well, it's you know what
0: me. Chris, I, I like that because I've I've always said that. And one of the things is for me is we get stuck on, I want to have a baby Mm -hmm. and we don't realize that this baby has to grow up to be a living, breathing, productive adult. Absolutely. So yeah, I I, I love that you guys did this. I love that you guys are doing this.
1: We all like people being dependent on us. When your when your toddler comes up to you and needs your help with everything, yet you feel very empowered and you feel special. And there's a loving bond associated with, you know, helping them eat and you know and and all of those wonderful steps early on. But but we need to productively move. We need to intentionally move towards their complete independence. And if I, I heard somebody say once, why are we surprised that 18 year olds have trouble, you know, functioning in a work environment when six months ago we expected them to ask permission to go to the bathroom? You know, like we need to, we need to be on an arc, and your six-year-old should be, you know, should have one degree of independence, and your twelve-year-old should should have a different degree of independence, and then your eighteen-year-old needs to be independent. And that doesn't mean, in fact, it. um, Without, I guess, we could go into one other important content uh, concept in our book is the idea of of connection and independence. And I, I think there's a false dichotomy that's put forth in our society that people are either independent or connected that they, oh, look how loving this child is, but he can't. Um, well, I think the simplest example is the four-year-old who won't go over to the karate instructor and give him a high five for the first time. They're hiding, you know, she's hiding, you know, he or she is hiding between mom or dad's legs, right? And, uh, we think that's so cute. And adorable. It's was like, oh, my daughter's shy or my son is shy. It's just like, no, at four years old, it's completely appropriate for a child to be dependent enough, independent enough to go give a high five to somebody that their parent has indicated is safe. That's developmentally appropriate for a four-year-old. And the fact that your four-year-old can't do that is because you haven't challenged them to be independent. And that translates into an 18 year old who can't go off to college or can't hold down a job or can't do whatever. Right. Because-
2: they right. still need
1: mom and dad. So,
2: Unless you encourage independence.
1: In the meantime, and, absolutely. And I do. think
0: that's the one thing, like you like you said, Holly, is that a lot of times we're scared to, you know, encourage independence because we want our children to lean on us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, okay? and this is, <laughs> to me, this is why we also have that, we call it empty nesting, but we have that issue of being, empty nesters because we've had a person dependent upon us for like you guys have said 18 years and now they're off to college even if they have what they need to be live and be that independent person now we don't know what to do with ourselves Mm -hmm. get a puppy (laughs) pretty (laughs) much Get a, puppy. get a puppy. The day
1: your kid moves out, get a puppy. But in the, if, if you think about it, the happiest, most successful people that you know, the people who are really you know, succeeding at life are the people who are both connected. They have strong connections to their friends, family, and their communities. And they're independent, able to act independently and go about the business of life um, forcefully in their own way, that they have both of those things. And so when we see a child who lacks independence the solution is not to decrease connection that that four-year-old who loves uh their mom or dad so much they're hugging their leg that's wonderful but let's also teach them that you can love your mom and dad and have a wonderful relationship and still stand up on your own two feet and give someone a high five and then conversely when you have a teenager that's so independent that they're in their room all day and not talking to their parents well, independence is wonderful. And the fact that they can do their schoolwork without any direction from their parents, that's wonderful. I'm proud of that. But let's teach them that we should share of ourselves so that we can grow together as a family. Also, you don't don't take away independence to make connection or vice versa, give more of what is needed. And that's I think the key to sending out that kid at 18, who's both independent can take care of themselves, but still, you know, calls mom and comes home for dinner on Sundays, because you know, he had, still has that relationship with his folks.
0: It's all about balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You guys are so awesome. (laughs) I, I, I would have never pictured that you guys would have been in a foreign country, just like, you know, cooped up together trying to figure things out. You guys just sound like, hey, we've got it all figured out. (laughs)
1: uh, (laughs) i'm glad that our facade is working
2: Uh, i feel like this is a trap
0: Yeah. (laughs) i
1: mean you know we we all
0: know that no no one has it all figured out but i i find it very awesome that you guys have actually figured out what works for you and and what what can work for other people because a lot of times like you said last year this time people were thrust into remote learning and you don't know how many people i had coming to me saying well how do i do this how did you stay with your kid in the house for 24 hours a day and it's Mm -hmm. like first of all i didn't have to stay in the house you didn't who told you you that did you know about parks and playgrounds yeah it's like and everything is a learning experience Mm. Know, like what? I said, no, my child didn't just sit in front of a computer with someone yelling and, 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 and telling them something for eight hours. It was different things. There are things that you can do that are interactive and,
2: and applicable to real life too. Like you're learning. Yeah, how-
0: and I think that was one of the, one of the hardest things to, for people to deal with. But I, I mean, I understand no one could get out. So it was like things that they would normally be able to do, they couldn't do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They got the nightmare version of home.
0: Yeah. You got the nightmare version of Ho- the crash course nightmare version.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, this, you know, figuring out what is important to us and what's important in the world has been the project of these. We, we left about a little over two years ago. We sold our house and we got rid of all of our stuff and wandered off uh, the five of us, uh, with five backpacks, five Family. There's our, that's our travel block And, um, we've done 20 something countries or so, so far would have been probably double that except for the, the slower pace of life that COVID, the slower pace of travel that COVID has uh, offered to us this last year. But that again, has just been an interesting learning experience. We, instead of, two weeks in a country we spent five months in in one country last year and two months in another and so far this year we spent three months in one and a month in another and and so we've gotten to kind of get to know places and people a little bit more immersively which has been a blessing in its own way
0: so i have to ask i've i've talked to you guys how are the kids taking to all this traveling do they love it
2: Mm, they they have gone through lots of phases the first phase was of course Tons of excitement. Euphoria. I think euphoria. Yeah. You know, we really we pumped it up and we we as a family developed our mission statement. We were all on board as much as we had so much to look forward to. We had planned a lot already in that beginning, so they knew what to look forward to.
1: Yeah, we did a we started with three months kind of a cross country road trip up into Canada a little bit and then include we included a
2: lot of people we were visiting, you know, so it was an opportunity to connect with with loved ones. And then we jumped across the ocean to
1: the Trans Siberian wild
2: unknown uh for, for all of us, Russia
1: and Uzbekistan and Central Asia.
2: They were looking forward to Mongolia and horses. So I think along the way there have been kind of their their high points of what they're looking forward to. That's, that's been important having something specific, like, okay, I can't wait to do that. And yes, we're going to have to travel to get there kind of thing. Um, at some point though, about a year and a half into it very predictably. And we, we left at this very at this specific time because we knew right around 12, that's when you tend to need more friends and you're you're ready to develop those relationships far more deeply and that that came to pass you know my my eight-year-old is just like all right what's the next adventure you know yeah, let's go
1: climb a mountain
2: no problem and meanwhile my my 12 year old is like you know i'm kind of be nice to have a home <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe i can see the yeah, same person yeah i could see yeah. that i could see that
2: he talks yeah. a lot of uh, he watches the uh, home improvement shows with chris and um, I they, they plot potential towns to live in together and they, they go house shopping together. You know, they, they're, that's his He's ready to nest, but it's okay. Like we're still, we're still hanging in there. All right. And we, we did something for them. We took, like Chris said, three months this past time in the Dominican Republic.
1: And we found an international school there that was, you know, testing to entry and kind of bubbling together and, um so they got lesson. to be with
2: kids for three months the same kids and and that was a, a real dose of settled that that they needed and at I, any rate we, we've gone through lots of up and down and we've tried very hard to pay attention you know it's not it's not for us chris and holly it's for all of us
1: yeah we need to find the find the right balance you'll you'll appreciate this as a homeschooler one of a, the reactions so our kids actually went to a school a hippie school by any measure but a school for three months this summer in or this winter in Dominican Republic and it was 90 degrees every day so I calling it the winter sounds a little funny but, <laughs> um but they actually got on a bus every morning and they headed off to their little hippie school and they came back again and it was all of the other parents and maybe not all of the other parents most of the other parents were used to their kids being school they're like wow they're home so early and they seem to like they go to the beach and stuff instead of actually doing school stuff um which is why I call it a hippie school but they um but for us, it was just like, wow, the kids have been gone for four hours. What do we, what 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 do we do with ourselves? And then they come home, and they, no, 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 we we want to spend more time with that. It was a very strange experience for us being away from our kids for you know a whopping like three and a half or four hours every day. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. So that was <laughs> that was an interesting. That was like our three months of of schooling for our kids, and we missed <laughs> them. It was all well, the other parents had a different experience. But It's such an
0: important, yeah. Question. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is so awesome. That is so awesome. I, I think that it is so amazing that you guys not only decide, Hey, this is what we want for you guys, but they get input and you see what each of them needs. And, and and I think that's so amazing. So I really have to applaud you for that. Like a lot of people are like, I've seen people where they're like, no, that's the school you're going to like that. That's you, you have no say in the matter, <laughs> or yeah. this is, this is, this is the area you're going to school in, and, and it, and the children will fight and the, and they don't understand why their children are fighting or why their child is cutting class. And it, it becomes, you know, but the fact that you guys are listening and paying attention and, you know, it's, it's, so that
1: funny, balance. it's so funny you say that because one of my, when I look back to my childhood and and what you're describing is exactly what we endeavor, you know, what we should, what we're shooting for. We're trying to find that.
2: Hold well, you know, on here. Don't make it too peachy. There's a phrase that goes in our family that something like this is a benevolent dictatorship. Yeah, I mean,
1: no, <laughs> we don't, we don't take votes. We take info. We don't take those. But when <laughs> I was in high school, we considered places to live. We were moving and there was a place, um, a, uh, a school very close to my father's office, and we could have gotten a house near there. And I didn't want to go to that school uh, for reasons that, in retrospect, feel very silly. Um, and that would have created, you know, no commute for my father, and it would have been a really nice situation, I think, for everybody. But I, they allowed me to dictate what school I went to, and I chose this other one. And then I was invited to go to this magnet school, and I and I toured it, and I didn't want to go there. And it's so funny looking back. pushing 30 years ago now and uh and realizing that either one of those options would have been better for me almost for sure but I didn't want them because of my young immature reasons and my parents bowed to that and um and so I I I see both sides oh very much so I think that it would have been a Mm -hmm. better experience for all of us if if I had if I had if they had persuaded me, would have of course been the best
0: yeah.
1: option. And if they and you're right, if I if they had forced me, maybe I would have been, you know, rebellious about the whole thing. But looking back as an adult, I'm like, you know what? They were right. They're they're smart, you know.
2: So back to the balance. Starting as a back way back in, in the toddler years, it felt like that was when I first got the lesson of look for every opportunity to say yes. So that it doesn't feel like you always say no (laughs) yeah and i feel like it's in the same vein of we look for every opportunity to let our kids provide input so that we feel like we want to have the say because we we truly feel like we we have their best interest in need and they might not agree with what that looks like it it doesn't feel like that's always the law but but they do get the flexibility words. Well, and I grew up in
1: a household where my father claimed to never make a decision, but he held absolute veto power it was kind of his way of putting it. You know, we could do anything until once in a while he said, No, we're not doing that, we're doing it this way. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, there's something to that. It's like you can do whatever you want most of the time. And um and like Holly said, then it then you're not saying no all of the time. You're saying yes as much as you reasonably can. Um, keeping the conversation positive, keeping the interaction positive, keeping the enthusiasm level up. And, uh, you know, we, that law we, has
2: served us really well. Yep,
1: We're supposed yeah. to do math right now, but it would be OK if we did some craft project and do math this afternoon. Yeah, we can do that. That would that'll be OK. We're still going to do the math, um, but we can do the craft project this morning and do the math this afternoon. Like we could say yes or we could say no, we have to do it this way. And uh, and every time we say no, we have to do it this way, we spend some chips, I think.
2: Well goodness, every time we empower them to make a decision, well, that's just another another notch in their belt of independence, you know. I'm thinking An of independence. Yeah, belt. That's, what that's, does that
1: look like? Is it bright? Don't make it
2: okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of cooking. Um, you know, parents fight with their kids about food a lot, I know. Um uh, I'm passionate about what I feed my kids. and and I allow them, I allow them freedom within the the boundaries, right? So they want they want to have some say in what they eat. Great. I'm gonna teach you how to make it. If you want to have some say in what you want to eat, you have to prepare dinner for everybody tonight. You know what I mean? And now, they not only do they have some say in what they're going to eat, but they also have a, a new skill.
1: Kids love kale. I don't, know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but kids love kale, but they love it even more when they cook it
0: themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They they do. They do. Trust me, we're we're flexitarians here, so mm-hmm. having all vegetables for one meal or a few meals or even sometimes two three weeks does not bother us.
2: <laughs> nice. Definitely. So, we yeah. love her. I'm on that, I'm on that wagon with
0: you. So what would you like parents or anyone readers to take away from your book?
2: Mm. Encouragement to be embody that role of teacher. I know everybody was thrown into it. It was a shock. And <laughs> it was maybe not the it was not the best environment the to best discover your inner teacher. We would really like to encourage parents to think of their daily interaction as one of inspiration, as best teachers are, you know, inspiring rather than requiring. And
1: this to the greatest extent possible. To the
2: greatest extent possible. Th- this book gives you like nothing but bo- nuts and bolts tools that perhaps are are missing in your daily interactions to help with that connection. But moreover, it's just advocating for what a beautiful relationship you can have with your kids when it is one of learning. And, and it goes both ways. You know, any good teacher is learning from his or her students just as yeah, it goes the other way.
1: And then I'll just layer on top of that, uh, just to reiterate what we said before about uh, connection and independence that really, and, and speaking to what Holly just said, if you have a good teacher-student relationship with your students or with your with your children, mm-hmm. as well as your students, uh, that helps. That's one of the best forms of connection that you can have with a young person is that that relationship. So that'll help uh, formulate that. But really thinking about your child's development is making sure that they are developmentally appropriately connected and developmentally appropriately independent. And those two things together will lead to resilient children and uh, make sure that we provide both of those, we teach both of those, we encourage and incentivize both of those. And we help our kids have both sides of that coin so that they can be truly resilient.
0: That is awesome. That is awesome. So where can everyone find your amazing book?
1: So our book, Resilience Parenting, is available at resilienceparenting.info, I-N-F-O, info, as well as on Amazon and anywhere else books are available. Um, And if I can, I'll I'll share our travel blog as well um, as we travel uh, onto a bicycle tour around Ireland. It starts next week. It is fivebackpacks.family.
0: Ooh. So, guys, if you want to see how the Santillos travel as well as get the balance for their children and have this awesome homeschooling well-versed adventure. All of their information will be in the show notes. Holly and Chris, it has been amazing having you guys. Thanks for your positive
2: encouragement and your spirit. I think that your your mission to help parents is um, well, we believe in it.
0: <laughs> We're yeah, here. We're here a, with you. It's
1: been a real pleasure.
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh, guys, I had so much fun with them. Definitely check out both of their sites, the video blog, and of course, get the book. Again, their information will be in the show notes so you won't miss a thing. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping.
2: Hi, this is Michelle Miller from Mentors on the Mic podcast, and you're listening to Coupon Queenpin.